there's like um what does asmr even mean it's like something uh, auto something stimulus something response it like stands for something but it like is this like people describe it as like some weird i've never actually like felt it but like people some people like have like some response or something that makes them kind of like shiver whenever they hear that kind of sounds and it's like i guess like a pleasing feeling or something but the best ones I i saw one where he was like this guy was like sculpting a statue and he was like talking about like ancient like Irish lore and like all this stuff. And he would be like chiseling away. He'd be like, and say with the dragons. <laughs> sure, that's like, just like relaxing knowledge. It is nice. See, the best part is whenever it's like things that you actually like care about. Whenever people are talking about ASMR, ASMR is a feeling of well-being combined with a tingling sensation in the scalp and down the back of the neck. There you go. As experienced by some people in response to a specific gentle stimulus, often a particular sound. Mm. That's interesting. I wonder what kind of varying. Uh, I also, I also think it's a. Uh, it's a way for people that are too lazy to make genuine human connection to uh, yeah. lazily interact with people in the real world. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I feel like I feel like the, uh, the the ASMR thing is never about any interaction. It's just about ad revenue. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it's, it's like you're certainly not saying like, any curse words. I think so there's probably revenue. some people that are like genuinely into it. Oh, yeah. But a large demographic of people, it's just like, this is a way to make money. Yeah. And I guess yeah. that's kind of how music is in some ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's people that do things that are very genuine and people like you see them play or you hear it. And it's like, what the fuck? This yeah, is right. so fucking and fake <laughs> but uh yeah we're here today we're real things are good hey hello internet okay Let's hi go, internet. hey hi friends hi hey hi this is not an asmr podcast let's fucking do it hello and welcome to start the beat with sykes my name is sykes and this is my podcast before we get started i just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode if you're one of the people who listened to that conversation i hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back but for those of you out there who are new to the show welcome please feel free to make yourselves at home and as always there's beer and soda in the fridge cheers my friends let's go cheers i'm sitting here today with two one hundredths of Kawano Sour. How many fucking people are in your band right now? I have no fucking idea. It doesn't really matter, but I'm sitting here today with Jeff and Sam of the band Kawano Sour. Make some noise for the internet, my friends. Let's go internet. Yay. Oh, yeah. Everyone's really happy that you're here. So some of you... Some of you may remember Kawano Sour from sometime earlier in the year. Another two one hundredths of your band was on the show. Yeah, not you two, but you two are here now. I don't know why you're here. What's the big fucking deal? What are we doing? (laughs) Oh, like just why? Like, why are we on the show? You hit me up. You were like, I want to come on the show. So what was so fucking important? Well, we have it's we have new people. There's a new drummer and a new keyboard player. And they're both great. And uh we're releasing our first uh, new song with the new lineup, and we're super excited about it. Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So you got some new stuff coming out, a different thing. The Kawano is still sour. The flavor is just a little bit different. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's more tight. developed, a more refined yeah. flavor of Kawano. You've got to build flavors on top of each other. It's like a, a fine cook, you know? So for everybody out there in the internet land that maybe didn't listen to the last episode, that's, you know, this is their first time involved, uh, getting, you know, getting in the mix with uh, you sour boys. Why don't you explain to the world what it is exactly that you do in terms of music? 
Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we uh, certainly consider ourselves a funk band. We like to, uh, you know, make some dancey beats, get people together and uh, and just feel better about things. A lot of uh, at least, you know, my songwriting experiences come from sort of just, um, you know, trying to create, you know, emotion. And I think that's what a lot of uh, music is about. Um, but we certainly love a good party and we love to kind of build textures and layers between, you know, the kind of various people that we have in the band with so many people, seven or eight or sometimes nine on stage, yeah. depending on, uh, you know, who's available to sit in that evening. There are seven members. Yeah, that, and that's then true. We have, uh, you know, occasionally we have auxiliary percussion and then we'll have we'll work with backup vocalists and if there's a sweet like saxophone player in another band, we'll be like, play the whole show. And they're like, what's, there often what's, is. What, what key is anything? It doesn't matter. It's your solo now, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to drop them in the deep end. Uh, my favorite sit-in ever was the one, we played a show at Full Pine, Alec Red from Africa. Oh, Africa, yes, like, absolutely. slayed like our most sultry song. Yeah, yeah. So there's this really funny thing that has nothing to do with Kiwano Sour, but Sam in general, just as a human being, and the <laughs> anarchy that is your character. Because there just seems to be no rules or law when it comes to anything you do. <laughs> and it's it's very it's very intriguing just because you play in several projects. You don't seem to really take anything that seriously, but seriously enough because you're really skilled and really good at what you do. But you have this like air about you. It's just like, ah, fuck it. Do whatever. Fuck the key. Figure it out. If I trust you to well, be here, you could probably do it. Also, that's that's true. But that's definitely true. And uh, that's actually part of the reason that we have like the current Guano Sour lineup that we have. But yeah, I mean, I'm actually like, you know, I study like music theory and stuff like that. But like whenever it's just a matter of like, you know, screw what key it's in or whatever. It's like if you know, like you should know what you're doing if you're going to like step on a stage. You know what I mean? So, you know, like you go up there and you want to stay in your box when you're on the stage and like, you know, perform what you know how to perform. But the better that you are and the more that you actually understand and you're well rehearsed enough, then like if you go up there and like, you know, you don't know what's going on, then I don't really have any time for it. Yeah. Well, I feel like Sam also has, uh, you know, I feel like there's a, a certain degree of trust that uh, you put in a lot of the people that you work with and especially a lot of the people in Kwanis Sour at the very least, I don't sit down on back alley sound practices too often, but it's, it's a feeling of like, um, there's not really, it's not like a micromanagement thing. Like if you're in the room, kind of like you were saying, it's like you trust that, you know, whatever's flown from that person on the day is, is going to be good. And if it's not, you know, we can work together to do it, but it's uh, one of those things that, you know, if you're in a room with people that you trust, or if you're on a stage with people that you trust that, um, you know, you have that, that, uh, that confidence in them to kind of, you know, produce what, what's going to work. And that's something that I think comes with just a little bit of time. You start to more of the sauce. Yeah, dude, you're already, nice. hell yeah. What a <laughs> professional, dude. We're fucking five minutes into the podcast and this hey, motherfucker's like refilling his cup already, bro. Today. He's fucking getting it in. But the one thing that's really cool and it seems like something, you know, you've obviously gotten a good grasp on is just like the more that you start to get into the scene and you work with a lot of people, you play shows with other people and other bands, you just start to get this grasp of like, what other people's work ethic and what their skill set is like just by being around them a couple times and like yeah. seeing them play and shit like that. And I imagine that's probably a big part of like where the lineup of Kawano Sour is now is just from like playing with a bunch of different bands, meeting different people and just like finding those people. It's like that would work really well. And then unfortunately in some circumstances, maybe like, Oh, you know, the, you're just not working out with what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it would just, is just like, you know, Kawano like tries to, you know, we want to make like the best, product that we possibly and can. And the band hasn't even been around that long. Even, what, no, two years, true. maybe? Well, a little bit less than two a years. Less yeah. Than two, yeah. yeah, but I mean, 
like we want to go out and put the best product forward that we can. And in order to put the best product forward that we can with the talent that we have, it's going to require like a similar amount of effort from like the amount, the whole crew. And like, you know, sometimes people have other stuff going on and don't want to commit like their whole brain and energy to music. And like, I, you know, I have back alley sound and Kiwano sour and I, I work with Walkman too. Like, yeah. Just like, you know. And you do like, uh, you do like uh like jazz yeah, I trio jazz. Kind of stuff. Yeah, me well. and Christian from Back Alley Sound and Rob from Kowana And you have and a job. Yeah, so like you, now. I, so, I was just like, <laughs> like four months. Congratulations. <laughs> so but I mean like with that being said, it's a thing where it's like I get this a lot too, where it's like a lot of people are always asking me like how I get like, how do you do all the stuff that you do? And it's just like, I don't know. I just fucking do it. Yeah. Make like, you have so much fucking time in a day. Just schedule yourself like a fucking adult. And you could do so much. Absolutely. It's crazy how much people, like, underutilize their time. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can put, like, uh, the thing about music that's nice is that between, like, the actual notes that are being played themselves and, like, how you want to, like, visually represent it and how you want to market it and all that, like, you can be working on music like all day even if you don't have a bass in your hands or you or you and mike you know you can like i'm sitting there making gyros and mike and tony's and i'm not really i don't really care what this dude's <laughs> no onion gyro tastes like i'm just thinking about the bands you know yeah but i mean i guess that's also like can be detrimental and has been very like more than once sure like i'm past. my brain's always focused on you know, different things. I'm always in another place, no matter where I am. Yeah. Honestly, like this podcast is probably one of the few opportunities to actually talk to me and not have my brain somewhere else. Because right now <laughs> I'm just focused on you two. Right. I'm not thinking about other shit, but yeah. if I'm at work or if I'm, you know, out to eat with, you know, the lady or all this other thing, it's like nothing against anything else I do. Going to Disney World. I mean, fuck, uh, I could yeah. be a gray walker practice. Suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could be a gray walker practice and I'm thinking about Sykes and I could be at Sykes thinking about gray walker. Like it's, yeah. it's just, I'm, my brain's just always all over the place, but it's just a matter of like, well, I don't know. I have all the, it's just the way I work. I don't even like think about it every once in a while. It's usually somebody else. It's just like, hello, are you even here? And it's like, oh yeah, sorry. Like I'm just <laughs> thinking about these 10 fucking things that I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, as long as like, that's something with creativity that, is like an intangible that you can be working on ideas and thinking about whether you're thinking about like a baseline to something or thinking about a chord progression or like thinking about like a music video or just like a picture that you're going to take of the whole band. Like you could be doing that like at any point during the day. Yeah. So like some people sit on the bus and read a book. I sit on the bus and just like look like this and just like think about <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to do, especially in, 2019 the year of our lord where we got to be like everything we can't just be like you can't just be a bass player you know yeah. I mean, you can't just be a vocalist it's like you always got to be thinking about like uh you know how are we going to promote this show the best way possible what's our album cover going to look like how are we going to record our album all these things because we're like we don't have fucking managers and all these things some people do but i mean we don't you yeah. know we're our own business advisors so we got yeah. to think about all that shit so with that being said you mentioned earlier you got some new stuff coming out let's talk a little bit about that what's the deal leo so yeah we got a new song coming out uh we've played it a few times at shows but it's called angel wings uh we have all the tracks down except for vocals i believe i'm going in yeah. tomorrow to kind of clean that up and get that ready shout Do out we dan hey, oh yeah dan, dan. hotbox let's go we love you 
Um, but uh, did we post that event yet? Yeah, is yeah, that, it's up. Yeah, what's the date on that? November 22nd. So November 22nd is going to be our single release show for that Angel Wings uh, track, and we'll be having some new music for you there as well that is uh, also unheard, even less heard than Angel Wings as it already stands. So we're really excited about it. Um, we have kind of a, a much beefier kind of like horn sound on this track, I feel. Um, kind of, you know, through some recording techniques and that kind of thing. So I Robbie think Ruff be, plays clarinet on it. Robbie Ruff, Rabble Rouse and Robbie Rabble Ruff and Robbie. Uh, <laughs> plays the clarinet and a doubled alto saxophone alongside a, a doubled tenor and I believe a, a Barry as yeah. well. Yeah, Justin from Justin Benzino. Benzino Justin Benzino's happened. birthday. Happy birthday, well, Justin Benzino. I didn't even know that. Happy birthday, Justin Benzino. Yeah, Can dude, we get an effect from Sykes on there? Let's, there we go. The Moat Rat story has like all sorts of Justin stuff and the Kiwano one has nothing. <laughs> 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 well, we might have to change that. We, you know, we need to we need to plan this in the group chat better. Make sure we're all on the same page about birthdays. Yeah, yeah. My Bur house is oh, usually the birthday house. It is the birthday house. Yeah, because like I have a big house and everyone else has a little house, so you can like pack everyone in there and like. You Do you guys rehearse in your house and stuff? No, uh, we rehearse at Store Express in Southside. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So when it comes to rehearsal and things like that, how often are you guys getting together? Because um, in like the short amount question. of time you've been together, you've been like reasonably prolific. It depends on the uh, like the week. Like uh, coming up, we got on uh, October 26th, we're playing our first gray area show at the Rex, which if you're a funk band in Pittsburgh, like you want to. Oh, that's awesome. That's going to be Rex. tight for you guys to play on a big stage like that. That's yeah, it's, it's, we're fish. opening for Pink Talking Fish. Okay, I like, don't know anything about like, that, that that scene. Well, yeah, they're like a Pink Floyd talking fish, talking heads and fish. <laughs> like they do like medleys. It'll be like a 15 minute song. <laughs> sure. And like it'll be like, you know, a combination of those songs. It but sounds like, like drugs. Yeah. They, cool. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're <laughs> whenever they come through. Uh -huh. And uh, Pink talking fish is drugs. That's we need to talk to their merch yeah, guy. So like that being said, like so normally we always get together twice a week. And like, but if there's like stuff coming up, we'll get together like three or four times a week. And then if there's like a show that's real big on like, like before the Angel Wings release show, we'll probably get together like, you know, mostly, most likely at least some amount of people that's, every day. That's awesome that you have the the freedom to still do that. It's yeah. It's, it, it, unless, I mean, I'm not here to sound, ring the alarms of the end of the world, <laughs> but uh, you know, unless things work out in your favor, which I hope they do because I support your band and you're both beautiful human beings as you get older and life takes on different things, it becomes harder and harder to make that time. Oh, yeah. It's like now with like Ray Walker and Sykes, it's like, we're lucky if we get together once a week Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's fucking crazy. Like the amount of pressure that puts on you as a band, if you're still trying to write music and play shows and do all this other shit. And you're like trying to condense that down to fucking four or five hours a week. It's a nightmare. Well, yeah, well, you know good. I was just going to say that the timing thing is like, is definitely something that it needs to take or needs to be taken into consideration. But I feel like we, the part of the freedom that we're allowed is because of how many people that we work with, with Kiwano. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, um, you know, what you could refer to as like sectional rehearsals and that kind of thing. But we kind of have like a, a smaller, you know, subsection that's more of like a songwriting core, obviously the horn section yeah. gets together, rhythm section works yeah, together, I would that say kind of that, thing. So. I would say that almost like most days, some combination of people in Kiwano are doing something related to it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I would say too, like with Grey Walker, there are days when like the guitar dudes are like getting together and they're working on stuff that's not at the practice space. And like, yeah. you know, I mean, I just yell shit in that band and then at practice, I pick on the drummer about rhythm parts because that's about, <laughs> that's about where my brain works. I'm a hip hop dude. So, but um, yeah, so I guess I, 
you know, we kind of have that too, but with Sykes, it's either it's once a week and either we're writing or we're rehearsing. It's, it's one or the other. Well, something that we have as a huge advantage now that we didn't have before is our new keyboard player. Chris has had, he had FL studio four when it came out and kind of has stuck with it since then. So like I'll write a bass line and then there's like a drum part and a keyboard part on it. Five minutes later, five minutes. Yeah. Super crucial. Yeah. Yeah. So we have like a lot of new stuff that we're like gonna that we're working on like tightening up and making into like actual Juana Sour songs yeah. like like a lot. But to the the timing point that you made before is so interesting. I mean that's really the timing concern is what got me back kind of into music. I wasn't really doing music much. I did it a lot in high school, played in a bunch of different bands. I went to college for a little bit before dropping out and ended up actually going on a trip with my family to New Orleans and saw like all this incredible like jazz. And then we went up to uh Mississippi and saw like a bunch of blues and stuff. And we were just driving around and I just like had this thought run through my head and just that was like, if I don't do this now, like I'm not going to have time for it because I was, I was staring down the barrel of like a, a job that I was, you know, a new job that I had, which I still work to this day. It's like a nine to five. And it's something that, you know, kind of splitting that time is something that's, that's definitely difficult, but it was kind of a now, like a now or never thing for me. And I felt yeah. that it was like really crucial to get back into it because it was such a huge part of my life and something was missing for those three years so- when I was not doing that getting into it then did you already know sam or was there like some oh my god this story okay yeah let's, let's <laughs> so like essentially like so i knew sam in school we kind of like operated in sort of like tangential kind of like circles i also went to pit and didn't finish yeah yeah so yeah that that one of the one of the now concentric circles not tangric uh or uh, tangential circles is that we're both dropouts but um <laughs> But yeah, so I, I knew Sam and I knew he was, you know, incredibly talented and seen a few of his groups play and stuff while we were at school. And then I came back from this trip essentially and we're in what bootleggers and yeah, bootleggers on uh, Semple Street. Semple Street. Yeah, I used to live above the the Mellinger's uh, beer store over there. And so I just would go over to bootleggers all the time and I walk in, I see Sam and I go up to him and I'm like, hey, you know, I know you're a talented musician. I just wanted to look for some people to jam with. I haven't been doing it for a while trying to get back into things. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of trying to do like a, a funk project sort of thing. Like I play the bass too, but I'm really more of a vocalist from training. And uh, Sam basically just looks at me and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm here drinking because my band kind of just broke up. So it was, oh. it was like essentially yeah, he that. said, he said, you know, I've, I really been meaning to start a band like as a vocalist, but I really need like a funk, like jazz soul fusion bassist. And I was yeah. like, my band broke up like a couple of days ago. So <laughs> was so that was the like, kind of stuff that your band was doing? Like, like yeah, I mean, like, the first, like the first, like, well, I was a drummer from the age, like the age of three. Actually, my grandpa gave me a drum kit, a 1963 Camco tuxedo yeah, blues sparkle drum kit. And Spencer, our current drummer, actually plays it now because I traded that to him for a bunch of bass stuff. And whenever I was 17, I decided that uh, like that I wanted to play bass because it was like drums with notes. And I just pretty much like sat and did nothing but that for like a year. And then I was like good enough to like make songs and you know do stuff. So I had I had like a couple of bands that were just uh, completely unrefined, like just like rocking out kind of like I'm between yeah. 18 and 20 College bands. party music, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then like, uh, you know, I started taking it like a little bit more seriously cause I kind of just like hit a wall with like how fun it could be if I didn't like try to expand my musical horizons, I would say. So then like, I try to like tighten it up and like, you know, the more that I thought about it and thought about it and like wrote stuff and wrote stuff, like the less I wanted to just like party and make like some stuff that had like, you know, some like rhythm and harmony and like mm-hmm. meaning behind it that without even any words, you know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to come back and watch this podcast after we're done here and make a meme of Sam Kissick saying, you know, the more and more I thought about it, I just didn't really want to party. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm that's gonna be that's gonna be a quote of Instagram like tomorrow. I finished this beer. I finished this beer too. Is that bad? Dude, have more. I mean, you know, that's that's all we have right now. And we're above a brewery. We could get more if we need to, but probably not in the middle of the episode. Yeah, that's fine. So hey, you know, whatever. Do what you got to do. So when it comes to songwriting, you know. How much time does Kawano Sour spend on a song? Because one thing mm. that I've noticed with a lot of bands is that I think a lot of bands spend too much time trying to write a song. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. That's super true. Yeah. I, I don't know how much time how, is necessary. How long does Kawano Sour take to write a song? Like to actually take it from like, here's like step one, which step one is normally like, here's a guitar part or a keys part or a bass part or like, you know, yeah. a, like a vocal idea. And like, we'll just start from that. And then like in the next hour, it's like a song with a form. And then like anywhere between like the end of that day and then months later, we're like, oh, okay, that's a song. Yeah. So basically I think that if I could give anybody advice, whenever they have a new idea is like, just make it into a song and play the song. And then you'll find out whether or not you like it like real fast. Yeah. Because you'll play through it and be like, that was all right, but... And then the conversation starts in the room, and as long as people aren't noodling all over each yeah. other, work gets done. That's how... Dude, that's honestly how shit is with me, like, when I'm doing psych stuff. Because, like, with Greywalker, it's a different thing because those guys write most of the music, and I kind of critique it afterwards. So yeah. it's hard for me to... I don't understand what their full process is, honestly. Yeah. Because it's... it's they're sure, in their yeah. own world yeah. doing stuff. But when it comes to psych stuff, I'm kind of like the the daddy of all of the song structures. And so it's like, usually it's like when the guys come over, most of the time it's like, I, it's like, I will sit down one night and it's like, okay, I got like an intro verse course, but you know, I got like all this yeah. stuff together and then I'll sit down with them and we'll start like dressing it. But it's like the skeleton usually comes really quick. Mm -hmm. And yeah. anytime that skeleton doesn't come quick, I'm very much just like, okay, I can acknowledge right away that this just isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Instead of like me trying to like rack my brain around like making something work. It's like, yeah. I like that like feeling of like, oh, this happened really naturally. It sounds good. It's catchy. Good to go. Let's go with it. Rather what, than like trying of, to uh, make something shitty, not shitty. Yeah. What, one of our forum go to is if you want something to be cool is like, you just like skip the one and then you come back. Into the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll be like, man, this verse really needs something. So we'll be like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do that all the time. And with horn hits, that makes oh, but on the, saucy. On the less Angel is Wings, more. Less yeah, is yeah. more. On the, the Angel Wings release show, we have Natalie Brooke, who is yes. friends with uh, Dylan, the guitar player from Kiwana. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, like a great like keyboard player. And, uh, you know, she plays with the band and everything. And then our other opener is uh, Honeycomb, which is like Chloe... Likewise, yeah, and uh, she's in insane. Should yeah, probably need no introduction, but definitely Chloe yeah, Weiss is the shit. That band, that band is is real solid. Jonah, their bass player, is super good. His Ooh, bass baby. is really nice. One yes, more time, sir. when's that show? Uh, it's uh, November twenty second at Cativo, and uh, doors are at seven thirty, and then music will be at, like eight eight. But like you know, music we'll, at eight means music at eight fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have, we'll have tickets and stuff on uh, the Facebook event. Yeah, it's not, that's already set up. It's oh, on so, okay, great. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so just follow us on social media and that sort of thing to stay tuned to that. That this song, like a lot of our newer stuff, like you know, we have like a lot of more options that we can explore with like our new lineup. So like, there's some more jazzy, more mm -hmm. soulful stuff. But like this one uh, is just like a real tight version of a song from our first EP, which is called Boogie Funk Daydream, on Spotify. That that EP came together like four months after we like became a band and we put yeah. it out and like played a show, started playing shows all the time. 
But like Angel Wings is like sounds like something that could be on our first EP, but played by everyone in the band one year better at playing on their own and a year better at playing with yeah. each other. Yeah, right. That's another interesting conversation to get into because as I mentioned before, or as we mentioned as a unit, the band is just, you know, shy of being two years old. And regardless of how long you play, like you could play the same fucking song for eight hours a day. It still takes so much time for that song to mature, playing it out live. Somebody does something on accident that you never thought of. And you're like, Oh shit, that really fucking like that yeah. really makes this track, you know, like just like take so much time and so yeah. much experimentation. And usually the accidents only happen in live environments. You could play in a fucking practice right. space forever, but yeah. your brain's in a different spot versus like right. you fucking wild man over here. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If you've never seen this fucking dude play a bass live, he's like, <laughs> like he's There's fucking, like six people like he's having a like. fucking temper tantrum. <laughs> playing bass. Uh, it's so fucking fun. But, uh, I imagine it's just like, you know, with you guys and just even in general, like most bands that I'm in, even something as like, uh, as like, mechanical as like Sykes and a new violence is because it all comes from like um programming you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's yeah. with our it's like even over that over time we start to find different little things that happen because we're like say we're at practice one day and the computer skips right like oh shit like that would be a cool yeah, thing to do let's right. figure out a way to program it like little uh, things yeah. like that like <laughs> just like, little, you like leave you like leave an extra like pedal uh -huh. on or something and you're yeah like, oh that's actually a great texture things or something. Takes so much time but it's yeah. like it's hard because so we're battling that 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 nurture that you need to really develop songs yeah. in a time frame of 2019 year of our lord where everybody <laughs> wants <laughs> everybody wants everything <laughs> so fast so quick you know what yeah. i mean like if you don't put out something every you know couple months every couple weeks it's like you don't exist yeah so how are you guys dealing with that? i mean live obviously sessions. live sessions for sure live sessions and also you know you were saying like uh it takes a while for like a song to come together. Like all the songs from our first EP, like they sound different now because Chris oh, yeah. has their own, his own part. Spencer has his own part. And then like we wrote a jam into paid and gold, our one song. And then we, for like angel wings for like the promo material, we went out to uh Rob's house in Hampton and he had a his grand piano in the one room, the Ruffner ranch. Yeah. So we like <laughs> set up the, uh, we know like, we like set up like live sessions in there and, like we put out paid in gold that has like a jam in it that's like not in the song that Rob does a solo over. And then you, know, you ever heard moving, oh, yeah. like the fast one? Yeah, I've heard all of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've heard your EP. I've podcasted with other part people in your band. I've played with you like two or three yeah. fucking times. I've seen you, you probably me, like, twelve three times. other times. Yeah. Aside. Yes, I know. I know your fucking music. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, but we did. We did. We just put out slow moving. He's like, I don't know why he oh, gave you that video. Yeah, so it's moving, but instead of bump bump. It's like, bam, bam. Okay. Bam. And then Justin Benzino you know plays this like so you super put that New out? Orleans. Yeah. it's uh, So you know what's funny? After video. all that shit that I talked, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I didn't see it. No. No, but yeah, that but was just, the most recent have, one. So that's okay. Yeah, okay. There, we put out two live sessions on our, uh, on our yeah, know, Facebook in like in preparation for like Angel Wings to come out. Just to like remind everybody like. We no, we was, I our last show before like we played with a band called the Mobros from uh, Charleston, South Carolina at spirit the other day. And uh, like before that, August 31st was our last show, which was under the bridge music festival, which was, which was gas. sweet. Three river so circus. Sweet. 
I hope that happens again next year. That needs yeah, to become I hope a tradition. that happens again every year. Yeah. Can we have that like four times a year? Give it up for Three Rivers Circus. Four times a year, seasonal. There's seasonal. like cold, cold as piss yeah, under yeah. the bridge. Where it's like, yeah, right. Like, yes, yeah, Sierra Cellars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Sierra is sick, and there's just a wind tunnel underneath that bridge. Re- Remy's like up there, like. <laughs> yeah, everybody's. You you do the Scots bass lessons that you finally play bass and gloves. Yeah, <laughs> here you bumped your mic. I'm just gonna. Oh, sorry. We got full service over here. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so fuck. I had something in my brain and then it completely went away. Uh, uh, can we get some F's in chat, please? <coughs> what the I'm fuck so was healthy. I gonna talk about? I'm so healthy. Oh. I was going to talk about live sessions oh, and yeah. I think it's awesome because I have noticed that you have put out some other ones before that I have yeah. seen. And I think that that's so fucking crucial right now. I think that's the best thing that any band can be doing right now in terms of yeah. content. Well, it also because, gives you freedom because if you like, you know, it's a live session. So like, you know, if you don't play like exactly what's on the studio version, like that's what you played that day and you can own it. And be like, hey, you like our band? This is us playing the song. Well, I think it's so fucking valuable, too, because, like, nothing against anybody that's playing right now. I mean, fuck, even Sykes and the New Violence is half automated at this point. But to have, like, a band in 2019 that's doing something that's very current but still played by live fucking human beings, to actually be able to see people playing that and let people remind people even people that are younger that have no idea that oh yeah these are instruments and people still do play them live not everything's fucking imagine dragons right so <laughs> it's really crucial that people see that and i love when bands are doing live sessions especially when bands have like huge live ensembles because it's like a little bit of a dying breed in terms of like the pop realm well, it's funny the room that we recorded all the stuff at rob's house is definitely smaller than this one. Oh, yeah. they had a grand piano and seven of us in there. <laughs> yeah but no, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the live session thing I think is so, it's it's really cool. And for me, I, I love that format. I mean, some of like my favorite kind of bands with an internet presence do. Scary Pockets. Yeah, Scary Pockets and, and you know, even Wolfpack to an extent with those, yeah, with those videos and stuff. Um, or yeah, early Wolfpack for sure did stuff like that. But I feel like it's, I get this feeling whenever I watch those types of videos where it's like, even though there's no like, you know, engineering automation or anything that's like raising the the actual like DBs of the part of the person you're looking at in that video, all of a sudden, because you have the visual cues of like the guitarist, like actually fretting notes or like the keyboardist, like actually like hitting keys, like all of a sudden those parts kind of like lift themselves oh, out of the mix, at least for me. Your brain's working. Yeah, yeah right. Wow. Which is rare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's rare, but sometimes yeah, no. it happens whenever my brain works, but but uh, I just I find that such an interesting kind of like interactive process with like from the from the viewing perspective. Oh, so, yeah. No, I love yeah. it. We're actually so I, I mean, this isn't like publicly announced yet. I may oh, have shit. like loosely talked about it, but it doesn't really matter. It's not a huge deal. But uh, we're recording a live album with Grey Walker in December. Oh, that's huge. Huge. And nice. I'm so stoked on it because like that. Where are you going to do it? Yeah. So. That I'm not going to get into. Okay. I will talk, okay. I'll talk to That's you about sick, that man. off that camera because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to announce it before they do. But um, it's one of those things where, I mean, especially with metal, we're living in this time where everything is so like quantized and automated and perfect with metal mm-hmm. and like all ego aside, I feel like we're a really good live band. Like we can actually play the shit that we fine. do. Yeah, yeah, and sure. uh, I'm really stoked to be able to like, have the opportunity to like record and play like a live album and just be like, you know, like 
fuck the Pro Tools, fuck yeah. all that shit. This is us, and it still fucking rips. Yeah, it's still come at us. Pro yeah. Tools. Come at us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the, whole, the whole quantizing thing is crazy. I mean, I feel like for me, like a lot of like metal, I feel like, is, especially from like a percussion standpoint, which I feel like is where a lot of the quant, you know, the quantizing comes from, is like your drummer is trying to become as close to machine as possible for a human being, and like that's what I think like a lot of like you know metal is. So being able to like achieve like a lot of that like you know the yeah. just like the intense kind of like well, you know speed pocket that like metal achieves is this, like is this awesome. is something that I've said before and I think that I'm really curious where heavy metal would be today if it wasn't for technology yeah. because I think like the technology pushed people to get better yeah yeah and like play more because it's like now you have like shit like even though they're not like uh metal per se but like a like a polyphia or something like that. Like one of animals as yeah. leaders, like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just too much. You know, like, <laughs> that's a lot. He's better at slap bass on his guitar than I am on, but, my, on my bass. You get yeah. these people, right? And then you have like, you know, kids that are, you know, 10, 11, 12 getting into guitar. And it's like, they're not coming up listening to uh, Smashing Pumpkins or whatever. Right. Like that, that that is normal to them. Yeah. Like so they become taps, these like fucking taps. crazy prodigies. Yeah. And like, you know, you fucking go on YouTube and there's a fucking like 12 year old like Asian kid that can You're fucking kill the bases, baby. Let's Aaron go. <laughs> Ma'am, he had a booth with Richard Bona, who I know you, you probably know who that is. He's like disgusting yeah he's just a crazy <laughs> bass player and like at nam it was like richard bono is like an established like session like player and like latin player and like this Ten little kid and he's like and like the little kid is like, the little kid's up there and he's like when you use the half diminished chord to modulate to the four <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that's literally what it was like, it was like <laughs> yeah and then bono would like play something and aaron would be like oh yes of course and then just like do this like crazy yeah, like he would like, like start a bass line and then aaron would like just be grooving it's funny because he's like Eight. Yeah. So he, he plays like it a, a full bass. size though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like up here. It's, it's so, like if Kissing was playing a, like an upright bass sideways. It's so <laughs> interesting the time that we're living in because like I guess this is all subjective what I'm about to say. But from my perspective, underground independent music uh, from like a very technical perspective is I mean, it's obviously on a level where nothing has ever been. Yeah. It's like some people are doing some really, really crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you like shift to the uh, the pop perspective, like the, the mainstream, it's like simpler than it's ever been. So there's these yeah. two things that are simultaneously happening. And yeah. it's so interesting. And I'm wondering if it's ever going to intersect back where like we have, uh, I don't want to say intelligent pop music because I don't really have a problem with anything that's mainstream Khalid right now. Khalid is pretty gas. Khalid is pretty gas. My, my thing with, the, with, with pop music is that it's like, I actually saw this um this like interview with like Frank Zappa like a while ago. You might have even seen the same thing, but he essentially like told this whole story about like the record industry. And this was even back in like I think this was like the eighties. He died in like nineties something, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, but so it was like mid eighties, I think, if I'm if I'm correct. And he's like talking about the changes in the re- in the recording industry and from like the like the label perspective. And he was said, you know, back whenever he was coming up, like sixties, seventies, like that kind of stuff where there were these guys like essentially like the classic like studio execs like chomping on cigars and offices and stuff that kind of thing but they would be like okay there's this band that this, one of these like plebeians below us like think is good and we'll put it out there we'll do a record deal if it sells copies like 
you know, that's great. If it doesn't, then, you know, they're not getting another record deal. And that's how all this, he, in Frank Zappa's perspective, like how all this, like the music was able to be kind of allowed, like through that gate. And then he told this, <laughs> the end of the interview was like, and then, you know, it started happening where all these hippie kids would come up and start working in like the, the lower parts of this thing. And then they turned into the executives and they were like, oh, I know better than the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know better. So we're not going to take a chance on this because I don't think it's going to be a thing. And so he th says that, you know, even at that time, that's was like, the direction that pop music was taking but i do think it's really interesting how much hip-hop is becoming like pop music at this point and there is a lot of really cool like revisiting of like soul and like gospel concepts and stuff that hip-hop is doing Pack is probably one of my favorite yeah anderson, anderson pack is tight is i, I so wish good. that he's he was a little bit music i wish opinion. he was more acknowledged than he is but yeah. i mean all things considered he, he still is pretty big he's yeah. like he's like if we knew him he would be like the best drummer we knew yeah too. yeah and he yeah. also, yeah, like the probably the best singing drummer alive, uh, probably <laughs> next to Theo Katzman, but that's yeah. kind of a, that's kind of a meme. But he's not really a drummer. You know, that's exactly yeah. He is that thing, right? He plays <laughs> yeah, like the chicken wing <laughs> hi hat. But um, but yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think Anderson Pack is like one of those people who it's like in like 30, 40 years, people are going to be looking back on him. Like, yeah, like how Herbie Hancock's like in the studio yeah. with Kendrick and stuff. Yeah, sure. Like that'll be like Anderson Pack with like insert yeah. guy from 2037. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And he'll be like old, but like still super relevant. Yeah. Because like Herbie still Hancock's the, like still like mega relevant. Yeah. And Pac will still have the best teeth in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, <laughs> it's a big old mouth. He's it, got some great pearly whites, dude. It's, it's so awesome. Great interesting. Teeth. Just, I think the other thing too now is just with uh, the general consumer, the general person, me or you, we have access to so much oh, more yeah. shit than anybody ever had before. I mean, any any group of schlubs could just put their fucking album out and it's distributed to the world <laughs> yeah, look in, at the, in the same fucking platform that Anderson Pack or yeah, Billie like Eilish or 21 yeah. Pilots or whatever. It's all in the same fucking pot. Yeah. It's not yeah. even, it's like, it's one of those things Spotify where it's like, will take your stuff. Yeah, it doesn't fucking it's matter. Like a, a full album if, of if Spotify is the new record well, stores. That, that changed the history though. It, they don't do that anymore because Wolfpack played them. But yeah, no, the amount of just... I mean, and that, I mean, obviously like the internet's a huge part of that. And I think that there's, I think that's like a really great thing because I feel like if the internet and like the, I guess, accessibility of like all these different like sources of music and art and creativity, if like the internet wasn't there to kind of serve that, I feel like it would be really, really hard. Like it was in the past, like to be an independent musician. Um, well, yeah, because, I mean, like, I feel like there's a lot no of exposure stuff went undiscovered. That. Yeah, like, right. In history, it must have. Listen, yeah. motherfucker, if you're going to get I comfy, like, just put this towards like, you. I feel like a lot of, like, a lot, there's a lot of stuff that went undiscovered. You know, something that was pretty impactful to me was uh, Lucas Macaluso, who yes. went to high school with you. Yes, Lucas. But he plays up. in Martial Magic and Tribal Who's, two bands from Nashville. And he was like, I was talking about like, if he was going to come through Pittsburgh, like let's play a show together. Like whether, I mean, I think Tr Travel Who says like hip hop. So like, and yeah. it's full band hip hop. So that was right. probably going to be a back alley sound show. Yeah, yeah. But like he was saying like, he's like, he's been on plenty of tours and because of the internet now, he's like sick of touring as nobody. Like, and I mean, even if you're like popular in your city, like I don't think that there's like a single person in like, you know, Wichita or something that knows about us. You know what I mean? Unless oh, we know yeah. them. So it, like yeah. when yeah. you're touring and you're like, you're kind of just showing up in a city and like playing to like who, however many people happen to be there and they like, putting all your trust into stuff. 
like look at what Wolfbeck did. They like, uh, you know, you put a bunch of like live sessions on the internet where the internet is a way to reach a bunch of people without having to get in the van, spend a bunch of money yep. and drive around and put yourself out there. So like, that's actually part of the reason that I wanted to get it more into like these like live sessions and everything. That's why like with Sykes and the new violence, like almost every show we play, I make sure that like we put up at least one live song yeah. from that. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just good evidence. And it's like, you know, like, I mean, like I have live videos. They don't have a lot of views. I mean, they might have a you know a thousand views, but that's a thousand more yeah. sets of eyes than we're at my fucking gig. I can tell you yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, like the slow, like the the pain gold video we did with Angel, like for like leading up to Angel Wings, and then the slow moving video that we did. Like both of those have like like a little bit over a thousand. I think it's about yeah. About like, a and Peyton Gold has a little bit over, and I think yeah. the movement has like nine hundred and something. But like the thing is, though, is like I don't remember it's, a single time that Kawana Sowers played a show that a thousand people showed up. Yeah, to. no, it's yeah. So like that's that thing. That's what Lucas was talking about. And also listen to Travel Houston, Marshall Magic. Lucas is a beast. And he's a great keyboard player. Him and Chris should definitely do something. You yes. know, it's, <laughs> utilize those resources in that way. Don't be. I think like, there's a lot of bands that have gotten really caught up in like. Oh, let's repost the same things over and over again, or let's start posting memes from our band account, which is like literally the worst. <laughs> I don't. Like, every time I see like band accounts posting memes, or like you know, just like what's your favorite song from our new EP? It's just like oh, <laughs> top God, text, bottom text. Bro, like, just, come on, <laughs> like you're playing like fucking. I mean, like most cell phones nowadays can capture footage good enough, like. Yeah. Somebody that you know is at a show, just have them record something and upload that. That's yeah. 10 times more efficient and more beneficial to you than like reposting some fucking meme or something. <laughs> Cause then like, you're just getting people to like interact with your shit, not because of your band, but because of something else. It's, it's like, clicks. it has nothing to do yeah. with, and it's like, those numbers are irrelevant. Sure. Maybe you might get more attraction to your page, but it's like, they're they're coming. It's like why they're yeah. coming to your page because they like the little thing that you posted about SpongeBob, not because yeah. you wrote this fucking sick song. Yeah, right. Like if you're gonna start posting memes, then just like turn into a meme page and just like just change <laughs> change the thing. Don't be abandoned. Yeah, anymore. there's nothing wrong with having like a Facebook page for your band and like a separate page is it like that's a meme page. Yeah, that's right. That's fine. There's the the, the classic I mean, the classic uh, Pittsburgh there, example. There, <laughs> there are probably some bands that have found ways to meme efficiently. Oh, so sure. I don't want to like I throw it memes. completely under the bus. Torture. Yeah, I it's it's one of those things that's like every once in a while I see something that it's like okay I think this is funny, but I don't <laughs> care that much about it. I know exactly. How you, feel. you know what I mean? I, it's just like okay, cool. Meme, memes were invented to just like forget about depression for like three seconds at a time. In my opinion, <laughs> they're just like little things. It's like it's like it's like puppy pictures. Sure, you know what I mean, it's like, like I remember like whenever I, I remember in like two thousand like nine or like ten or whatever, and I would be like on like Twitter on like cute emergency like Twitter and being like, so, oh wow, these are great puppy pictures, and forgetting that like I hate myself. You see that marmot that got scared by the fox? Jabe short shared it on. Uh, Facebook of course, Jabe did the it's most like prolific memer like of, of <laughs> back alley stuff. Is <laughs> Jordan Bosley? Yeah, by far. <laughs> He's got a good Facebook. Follow Jordan Bosley. Yeah, do you follow on Facebook? Is that what you do? He posts a lot of sick <laughs> skateboarding videos. Yeah, he, he does. does. And yeah. I appreciate that. Back uh, alley sound. I'm, I'm like hands down the worst skater in back alley sound. <laughs> that was, that's, so that's, actually, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Even our manager's good. <laughs> yeah. Joe, yeah, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> do those dudes skate? Do they? Do they? Do they? Yeah, they skate. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. They should have like a skateboarding video. I don't think I don't think any of them are good enough skating to have a skateboarding That's fine. video. They did that have would that, be the relatable skate- content. We did have like the, the open skate thing at the under the bridge though for the three yeah. river circus yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's there right. Was, yeah, uh, three rivers Three River Circus is great. It's just it's evolved into something that's just like a bunch of people who are friends with each other that do cool stuff, and then like eventually we come together. To yeah, it's like cool common stuff. association more than an organization of any yeah. sort. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, admittedly, it, it you know he deserves the mention. I mean, Troy did like a ton of work for for Under the Bridge in particular. Yeah, Troy um, Johnson from yeah, Abstract Theory. Right, and uh, so but Three River Circus definitely is more of like a you know a collective in the classic sense of like there's very little structure. It's more of like a free association kind of thing. So yeah, and it's like a it's like a hit me up if you need me kind of deal too or yeah. like if you know there's an event going on you need to do something that's fine you need a bassist or something you need to find a keyboard player for something like that or you know whatever like it's just like a group of friends who are all supporting each other and doing doing cool stuff you know it's awesome yeah i i would consider you as a circus member yeah, for sure. I would, I would, I would hope to be. You can name um, every member of. Abs- you can name- I would hope to be. I, you know, I, you know it's funny. I, um, every time I, it's I definitely see a circus. Every time I see <laughs> the back alley sound dudes, I, I always pick on them for playing shows with the same four bands over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of it is just because, like, I want to be like more a part of what they're yeah, doing. Like, how about <laughs> and, and I feel like reasonably singled out that I'm not, but that's totally fine because, like, to be completely. <laughs> Honest, I probably couldn't play the amount of shows that they do. And to be fair, I've played enough of them and it's fine. Yeah. I just like to be a brat because I can. Yeah, when we were we were recording <laughs> after ju- after just sharing that 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 July Fourth ticket, all of a sudden you just need need more. You created yeah, more. Me- there's yeah, I, I think that, <laughs> I think that the July Fourth party at Mitch's house summer camp. Everyone listen to the summer camp. They're great. I'm on the cover. Of uh, you like a, you like I'm kind of like made out to be like a creep of some sort yeah, who's yeah. like surfing for pornography on the internet. Yeah, you look terrible. Yeah, <laughs> to me, it just it looks like. But Mitch's house on the Fourth of July. I will is say this. so fun, and I, I I always hope to play early that way because like if you play it like if you play at seven. You don't want to be wrecked, but you are because mm-hmm. it's the Fourth of July at Mitch's house. So, like, ideally, you play at, like two, and then the rest of your day is free. Yeah, trying to avoid the sun. I will like say this: <laughs> on the cover of Incognito Mode, which yes. Sam is featured, uh, the face that you're making is like the face that I will make when like a new restaurant is on Grubhub <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't there before. <laughs> you're like, oh, look at all these options. Yeah, something like. <laughs> Somewhere in that area, yeah. like, or, or you gas. start getting those fucked album. up thoughts, like, oh, I could get sushi and pizza. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. PSA, pizza. Connor Lindsay, give me back my bass strap, dude. It's been like a year, and it's on your base in your house, and you have one. You have one. I want it back. Isn't that pink squiggly cable enough for you, Connor? <laughs> Isn't it enough? Can't you let some of us have something? I can't take the rest of the beer, dude. I'll take the rest of it. All right. <laughs> I mean, like it's gone, but yeah, no, no, you guys are good because I ha- I had a few before you got here, so don't even worry about it. That explains so much. That's why you didn't shut down the ASMR conversation. Like absolutely oh, immediately, no, you let it go for no. a little bit. You're like why normal sober six would have been like, mm, uh, not having this. I think that. It's a really important thing to facilitate any conversation that anybody wants to have. Yeah. 
And you, it's wow. the, that's, I that's think a selfless act. There no, are a lot seriously. of conversations I don't want to well, engage. No, <laughs> yo, yo, motherfuckers. I'll at least give someone like the time, like the time of day that I want to give them, which sometimes is like five to seven seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always get a word out and then yeah, I'll give right. one back. <laughs> the thing that I always say about the podcast is that it's your time. It's not my time. Yeah. You're here. You know, I do appreciate like the amount because you're Sykes. You've been like doing like, you know, like underground Pittsburgh music for so long that whenever you watch like you haven't like you no matter what people say on your show a lot of the time, like you have something to draw from, like from your personal life that you're able to be like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, except for like, so, I mean, I've seen like some episodes where someone says something you're like, you just got to move on to the next thing. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean. I you can't like fucking, about to be right now. You can't connect <laughs> with everybody. Of yeah. course, you can't connect with her. And like sometimes, like it's rare, but sometimes people like hit me up to come on the show. And most of the time, if you hit me up to come up and I have an open spot, I will get you on the show. Because if you want to come on the show, that means you must want to talk. And if I don't know who you are, it's an opportunity to learn. Yeah, to shut that down would be ignorant That's a good of attitude. me. Yeah, yeah, but. An unfortunate side effect of that is sometimes I meet some weird fucking people or just people that I just don't connect with. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, it's just what it is. It's hard. I mean, I think it's like the, I mean, the, the having the music is obviously a great frame of reference for everybody to kind of draw from that I feel like is a common thread for a lot of the stuff that you do. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, there's always going to be people like that. It's difficult. Sam's over here practicing his three finger. It doesn't always even come from like, a, oh, like I think this person is wrong or I'm yeah. better. It's like people oh, have different not. fucking life experiences. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's fucking, you know, whatever. We're all, uh, we're all unique. We're all in the year of our Lord 2019 together. <laughs> so with, uh, you know, the end of here, we're all, we're approaching the end of this really? year of our 2019. Wow. Three months left in, in the decade. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Two, yeah. Three. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember like 2013 when there was hope. So. Yeah, when there was hope. <laughs> I remember hope. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, you know, the, the, the future, the, 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 the of Kiwano sour. Yeah. You know what I mean? What What's that flavor looking like in the next uh, year? You got any big plans or are you just kind of like, well, release some stuff, still writing, recording, getting it, getting shit together. We're going to start with Angel Wings, but rest assured that it's like very, very soon. Then <laughs> like the whole next chapter of this band is like going to be fully underway. Yeah. Obviously, we're really excited to um, <clears throat> kind of take a lot of the like have the songwriting process with the entire new lineup kind of like from the ground up. A lot of like the writing that we've been doing is kind of like, um, you know, these were ideas that we've had that we really like, obviously still um, that was kind of like created in like a bit of a different paradigm for the, for Kiwano. Um, but like as we move into the new year, obviously we're really excited to kind of, you know, work on that songwriting from like a collaborative perspective of like everybody's kind of on equal buy-in from where like in the songwriting process. Yeah. Um, about yeah. I mean, from, a lot so, of yeah. it is just like, there's like a, there's like I, I said earlier, we have a whole bunch of FL studio dem demos of like prospective ideas. And honestly, uh, we just worked one of them out yesterday at practice and it went really well. Maybe it went really well because I couldn't play because my hand was all messed up from he jazzed jazz himself. on Tuesday. He jazzed himself. To I just kind of like watched it happen. But yeah, like it came together real nice. All the ideas came together real well. People have respect for each other in the room and respect for each other's ideas and like 
it's funny because people like accept majority rule too. Like it happens with me all the time. Like here, we should do this. And everyone's like, no. And I'm like, okay, act like I didn't say anything. One of those <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no one who's like trying to like strong arm their idea into the situation and like trusting, like we're back to the, like the whole trust with musicians around thing. You trust that if you have seven people in the room and you think that the other six are like real good musicians and five of them think that the idea you just had maybe isn't the best idea, then you're like, all right, well, I'm not God. So like, yeah, yeah probably that, you know, we should do something else. There. Yeah. I will say though that there, there has been like times where it's like people will have like an idea that they really believe in, you know what I mean? They kind of like fight for it. And then you got to give that kind of equal, equal weight as well. But well, we always track that. If I can give anyone any advice to buy an audio interface, cause we oh, track yeah. like a whole bunch of different ideas for everything. And yeah. like, I remember whenever I thought my music was good and I was like 18 I was like, that song was the best, and like never, nothing even got recorded. And then like, I would record something and be like, oh, geez, yeah, That's right. What it sounds like, no, <laughs> it's it's super crucial, and I've said this before on the show that bands that have the ability to self demo, even if it's like the most like basic way to do it, fucking do it. Yeah, because yeah, dude, even if you no your matter phone out. no matter how good your room sounds, there's always one motherfucker in the band that's a half step off half <laughs> step off on something or something weird and you never fucking catch it until you actually sit down and yeah. track with everybody. And it's the fucking worst. Even when if you, you wrap your phone in a t shirt. Yeah. You ever done that before? Yeah. That actually doesn't work out that bad. It doesn't it, it's dude, not the it's worst the, thing. It, Usually you have to get nowadays you can get actually some like recording that like, apps that are that, way better than like the because like if you take like what a about that thing Chris Apple has thing, whatever the voice that memo. little digital recorder thing oh yeah just so like you can get those on rent from like they're like 150 bucks yeah you can get those on rent from like the pit like library and stuff too which oh, is yeah cool. yeah because that's what because chloe was well my, my partner chloe was like doing this like thing for class and she was like interviewing people they were interviewing people and it was like you can yeah use that, dude so. it looks like it kind of looks like a like a vape well it's like it's like a, it, yeah, it's, yeah it's a stereo microphone vape is what it is okay <laughs> you, because it has like it's like two kind of like uh like cross like you know uh, microphones that go like that, but you can get like you can even get like uh, like windscreens and stuff for it, like you yeah, know, yeah. All the, like all that different stuff. There's like a lot of attachments. And Record stuff for yourself, it, but definitely That's to be able yeah. to hear it, yourself back is yeah, revolutionary. It, it, it helps so much just to make sure everybody's on the same page and to like really learn the stuff and be able to critique it because like when you're in this practice space, most of the time. I mean, I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm always focused on myself. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, 75% focused on myself and then the other 25% on everybody else. Mm -hmm. But to actually be able to like sit back and hear everything, you might be able to catch like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, like the bass and the kick drum are not lining up on this little section. Let's tighten that up. And just those little nuances that really make it sound yeah, super right. good. Yeah, and then because like stuff that gets lost in translation whenever like, it's like loud as shit in the yeah. room and you're like, yeah, and party, just, man. Yeah. <laughs> everybody ends up having a good time. But it becomes unfortunately calm uncommon right it becomes unfortunately common for bands to find out about that stuff when they're in the studio on their dime yeah right yeah. and they're like yeah. you know tracking like oh i thought the whole time you were doing this and like you're not like no and then like yeah, yeah you got all of a sudden you got people learning songs in the studio and some fucking engineer like oh whatever right <laughs> you know it's the sweet studio is uh we tracked the the angel wings tracking setup we're super excited about because we did drums at Audible Images. Uh, Chris, the new keyboard player, he's he's not even that new anymore. The yeah. keyboard player for Quantos <laughs> Hours, Chris Wood. And he uh, did his internship. He went to Duquesne at uh, Audible Images, like on Babcock Boulevard. Yeah. And I went in there and uh, Hollis recorded us, which uh, Hollis and this guy, Jay, uh, owned, like owned the studio together. And they did like a they did an absolutely great job. 
I mean, because like drums are almost entirely based off of the room when you record, like if you want to make drums sound good, like live drums. But then actually bass, guitar, and keyboard, we did all in our practice space through a Focusrite Scarlett 18920. Cool. Which is like, it's like an $800 interface, but it's not like a $5,000 console, let alone like oh, a million yeah, no. dollar console. Yeah, Dude, right. the, the software has gotten to a level now that is so unbelievable. The shit oh, that yeah. people have gotten, like different plugins and shit. Well, you Dude, know what? The, stuff sounds so good. You know what? The next thing that old heads are going to be super against is uh, Dan from... So we did... We did uh, saxophone and like all the horn stuff and then we're going to do vocals actually tomorrow at hotbox studios which is my buddy dan no one knows dan's last name it's whoa on facebook hit him up if you want studio time but uh just docs dan dan's facebook <laughs> yeah i think it's like i think his last name's like levantic or something jeez <laughs> but uh yeah but like uh Oh damn! I completely forgot. We're going. We're going in the hop. I'm going in the hot box to do vocal tracking tomorrow, oh. and uh, we did a lot of. We did the saxophones and a bunch of other stuff there yeah, as well. Yeah, but it was so. great to have. Uh, like this is like the first time that we ever like track things like on our own, and like oh yeah. So Dan has a Dan has like a Townsend vocal microphone. Oh yes, and the microphone has like a plug-in, and the plug-in emulates other microphones. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. gonna be the next step because, like, you know how like people are all like, "Oh, analog is better," and like, is it is like, or is it? I don't know. But like, you know, as time goes on, I guarantee you that like, there's just gonna be you're, you're gonna be able to record your guitar out of your amp into a microphone, yeah. and then you're and gonna now, be able to pick the microphone, you're gonna be able to pick the amp, and it's not gonna just be like guitar rig from Waves. It's gonna right. be like something that like really sounds so sweet. Yeah, no, and then people who are like like analog heads are just gonna like stare at it and be like, I, I don't mean, believe just, that it sounds for, good. Yeah. For a long time, it was super justifiable to right. the analog versus digital argument, but it has evolved in such a way. Even now. in the last three years. Yeah. No. You. It, it's it's really hard, fucking hard to tell the difference nowadays. And in you know, give it another five fucking ten years, you're not going to be able to tell the fucking difference. Yeah, like, if, in, five or, in five or ten years, like like incredibly like robust, Especially like sampled the, like plugins like Keyscape and stuff are going to be like common like in home. Yeah, like. It's, Dude, you know, especially just, with the way music is going, like the sound of modern music is catering to modern production and the way right. people listen to music caters to modern production. Nobody yeah. fucking sits around on a hi-fi home stereo system and yeah, listens to music like, anymore. Unless you're on like Reddit, like audio files. Yeah, I mean, some <laughs> people do, but it's like a very small demographic. Like no, I have a really I nice setup for like my records that I listen to when I'm at the house, yeah. but like... That's not the demographic of people. Yeah. That's not the, that's that's a very very small sliver of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like Spotify and Apple Music, and I don't know if anyone ever like has ever looked like listened to a song on Deezer, but apparently they have. Because <laughs> when you Careful upload to DistroKid, well, it's like I think get count that sponsorship outside. It's I like think, get your song on Spotify, get your song on Apple Music, Deezer too. It'll be on Deezer. I it's think like, Deezer is really big in other countries. I, I, I've heard that oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, I've heard like a, like South America. What if we get like a huge Deezer? following in like Sweden? Are we moving to Sweden? You gotta I watch. Mean, you gotta no, watch moving to Sweden, but then you get you can play some shows there. Yeah, you gotta watch the numbers, bro. Like we're like the biggest band. <laughs> the in biggest Sweden. band in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, like Kawano <laughs> Sour is the oh, and I'm like gonna, everyone really in Norway <laughs> is like fuck Kawano Sour. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like Sweden, they're like it's like a whole. Kawano Sour is the new ABBA. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that headline. Well, <laughs> on the front, on the front. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> whenever, whenever I upload this, I'm not even gonna put it as Kawano Sour. I'm just gonna put it as the, the, next, new, ABBA, <laughs> the new ABBA. The new ABBA Pittsburgh episode, ABBA. whatever. Yeah, Pittsburgh <laughs> ABBA. ABBA. 
<laughs> it's like the everyone orchestra, but it's just called yeah. Pittsburgh's ABBA. Pittsburgh's ABBA. And, and then, then they're like, like, do you guys then, cover ABBA songs? Yeah, but like, then, no, then but we'll we're... expand. And we'll have like the Cleveland ABBA. Yeah. And like yeah. the Cincinnati ABBA. Right. Or I said ABBA, like Jessica ABBA. See, that's just where I come from because I immediately thought, I immediately went Elphaba from Wicked because I got that musical theater background, but that's where I'm at. Right now, <laughs> yeah, Jeff, it's funny because like my background is. Uh, just like playing drums in any situation humanly possible, like throughout my childhood. And Jeff yeah. was like punk and theater at the yeah. same time. Yep. That's how we did it. Yep. So that was the I needed that to, was I started I, I was in a bunch of punk bands doing vocal stuff and I started like absolutely shredding my voice. Like it was bad. And so I was like in choir a lot, like growing up. And so I like went in and I just was like, I need to like learn like the best technique possible to avoid like not having a voice by the time I like graduate college. Then little did I know that graduating college was going to be the hardest part about that whole situation. But, um, but yeah. And then, so I was just like, okay. And then, so yeah, no, but technique really, really helped me a lot. And I grew like such an appreciation for like that kind of music, which is something that I really, I mean, I kind of grew up with it. My mom was big into like show tunes and stuff, but like, it was something that I kind of was it, like, as a kid, you kind of react against. And then you look back and you'd be like, you listen to the soundtrack of like Wicked. You listen to the soundtrack of like even Lame like Newsies. Or, yeah, Lame, I mean, Lame Miz is like kind of. Any, I nowadays, still want to cover Anything Goes. You know that song? Yeah, every time we talk about musicals. Anything Goes. Every time we talk about musicals, because it's like, yo, Anything Goes, that song's the shit. Like, that song is huge. It. I don't know what the planing they do. And it's like. That's huge. But there's a lot of like really cool kind of like jazz stuff going on and a lot of show tunes stuff. Oh, especially yeah, nowadays sure. people are trying to break out of the, the old like almost like operatic kind of style yeah. of some of the older stuff but whenever you hear like a super crazy vocalist at a musical do like an operatic like yeah musical song then you're in the crowd you're like Geez. yeah you're like wow it's crazy all right but, i don't know yeah. i i i uh i can get behind musicals i can get behind show tunes dylan davy in our band is also big on oh, musicals yeah. dylan so went to we bond on that he did yeah he did so Dylan and I really, uh, really bond on that level quite a bit, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, really it just uh, arose. It was like, I'm going to destroy myself if I continue doing <laughs> what, yeah, what do I'm you, doing. Do you focus a lot on like your like metal vocal technique or you just hurt yourself? And oh no, I don't blood? hurt myself at all. No, I, I spent a lot of time making sure that I took care of that. That's shit. crazy that that's a thing. Especially for metal. Yeah. Well, the problem with me was it was never just like, I was never just a metal vocalist. I've always been doing the other stuff too. Mm. Oh, okay. So, cause I mean, like I was doing like, even with just like hip hop, you know what I mean? Like I was doing rap shit from the time I like, I mean, I started doing rap stuff when I was in like eighth grade and then I wasn't in a metal band until way after high school. So like I had been doing rap shit for so long. I only joined yeah. a metal band. Because Do you always I, like listen to metal? Yeah. 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 But, um, have you always had that, uh, you're like, cause you're the style of like the way you spit is like very like. It's like very like breath supporty, like diaphragm heavy, like kind of like in your face, like front of like the face kind of, is that always been your style? Did you kind of like develop that from? I think it was always my style. I wasn't always necessarily like good at it. I used to <laughs> yeah, get like sure. out of breath a lot and shit like that. Yeah, but no, yeah, I yeah. think, I think a lot about, um, uh, I mean, even like when I'm writing, I think a lot about like, I don't write anything that I know I can't perform live. Right. You know what I mean? I think a lot about like, breath control and when I'm going to be able to take breaks and stuff like that. And like, I incorporate that into everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, just in general, it's just like, I with, mean, with any band, uh, 
Especially in in what is it, the Lord's year? The year of our Lord. Yeah, the year, year of, of our Lord. Lord. The year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. Inquisition's gonna come for you, son. There's like uh there's the element of, you know, people don't sound the same live as they do in the studio, and it's like that always used to just be a matter of like you know what you recorded in the studio was the perfect take, and now what you're playing live is like you playing it live on this day. Yeah. But anymore, like you know, like there could be a song that has like even a Kawano song for like the next album. I would not be surprised if there's one that has entirely electronic drums on it, or like you know what I mean, like a, yeah. like an, like an arpeggiator synth part on Chris's yeah, Prophet right. or something like that that doesn't happen live. But then also live, like after this chorus, like it breaks into this new chord progression, like an improv section, I, yeah, like, like stuff like that is like something yeah. else to think about, like in like new music. In general, there's just a feeling that is completely different because you don't have an engineer sitting side stage when you're playing shows. Yeah, I mean, I there's Nick a, Petruniak's there. I was just gonna say, <laughs> or, or, or Brandon, a lot of yeah. times, yeah, Brando. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times, whenever there's a band that sounds significantly different or a rapper or anything significantly different live from the studio, it's automatically, I contribute that to a result of you were over-engineered. Yeah. Um, you had somebody that, you know, it's just like... I'm the, not talking about different as far as, like, production quality. I'm talking about I'm different as in, like, the, like, like song. Well, I'm talking about, like, yeah, I was talking about performance, too. And yeah. just in terms... And, like... But not necessarily like parts of a song. I'm talking more about like a like dynamics or emotion in a song, like a vocal performance. I can or, definitely see out of like a lot of like hip hop artists, especially like their studio stuff has like a charisma and like a flow that just turns into yelling because they can't hear themselves. Yeah. Well, so my main well, like they really perform live. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, honestly, my main exposure to like what I would consider like overproduced hip hop was, is like usually in like a festival context, like a big, cause I went to Bonnaroo like a lot and I was in like Firefly festival and stuff. And like, I saw Kendrick Lamar live. who's like one of my favorite rappers. And like, this was like back in like 20, like 11 or 12 or something. Um, but you know, i really didn't enjoy like his set that much. And it was exactly what you were talking about. It's like, you know, all, like all like sudden, 17 people on stage. Yeah. Like, all this. Well, not, if, with Kendrick, it was kind of like, backing track. Yeah. Well, with Kendrick, it was kind of the opposite. It was just him and like a hype man who was like DJing the whole thing. But with Kendrick, like you have these songs that are like a lot of times like they hit kind of hard, like emotionally, especially like that era too. Mm -hmm. Was And it was like all of a sudden, like you're in a festival context and you're trying to like, you're playing to a crowd of people that are just trying to party and like, just like rail lines to get through a day is like essentially like <laughs> what people are doing. So it's like all of a sudden, like this song that has like a little bit more nuance in the studio, you have this like pressure to kind of make it be more of like, okay, let's like bump up the BPM like a little bit. Let's make it, you know, let's like yell through this like one section that like, you know, so people kind of get amped or whatever. So there's some of that too. But, um, but like, I also saw Kendrick then like three or four years later and he had like a live band, which I think like, I mean, shouts out to like everybody that's doing it, but like back alley sound, I mean, tribal who's this kind of stuff. The live Sykes band, the it's like, of course, Sykes and the Divines, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the live band hip hop thing is so like it's huge. It like completely changes the live atmosphere, especially because like hip hop anymore is not like, and music anymore is not like, let's go to the store and buy a record or let's, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah. you're making your money on like the live shows. So having that like audience participation and that, and like you got Miles and playing guitar behind his head, like yeah. 25 seconds, like free bass and an song. egg and like a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said about like, about that. And, you know, if you, the live band thing also helps you to avoid like the overproduction thing because it's kind of like, if it stops sounding like it's like a band, then 
you've overproduced, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like a pretty easy like switch there. There's like a, it's kind of black and white at that point. We've but. been thinking about putting or doing like some, uh, like we were talking about live sessions. Uh, the live sessions we just did were all, you know, Kawano Sour songs. So like there was only five. So like one thing that I really appreciated out of, you were actually talking about this earlier, or I guess we just mentioned Scary Pockets, but like taking covers and like recognizable songs and putting your own flair on them. Yeah. And then whenever you like do sessions like that, then like that brings, um, you know, that people can like sing along and it's like your style of music. Yeah. Which I think is super cool. You ever heard of Scary Pockets? Mm-mm. I don't know anything about them. Check out all their videos. Uh, there's one that's Thank You Next by Ariana Grande with this okay. lady Rosie. Rosie doing and the me and Jeff like we like or the first like hour that we saw it like, yeah. you're, like over and over again for that hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like whenever you take a song that's like especially like a pop song that like everybody like even if you like even if you don't like it you know it yeah like you know it uh, and it's like you make a song and all of a sudden it becomes like yours in a way like based on like the style changes or like some like creative choice that you make. It like kind of it, it turns into this like new thing and it breathes like new life into it because it's like you think about like songs in a different context like like looking beneath the surface of the song like if you listen to a song that's like it's like sounds funky like you're thinking of it in a different context yeah. of if it's like sounds like a oh, like, like an overproduced what's that pop song Antoine so. Stanley Bon Iver cover oh uh, that's you put me on the spot I'm not gonna think of it I, I don't know there was like one scary pockets video that like it's just like an 80s yeah. like synth pop song yeah but they make it like a smooth like keyboard and like you know like keyboard not like yeah. key, key sound not like synth sound sure the 80s are real good for doing covers because everything's so like there's like, also so much 80s produced yeah there's so much 80s comeback happening right now I feel like too. But um, everyone but, loves the retro nowadays. It's yeah. not even called retro anymore. It's called vintage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, the, the ultimate cover, I think this might be sacrilegious, especially to people in my life who, who knew me whenever I was like punk or die. You know what I mean? But like Robert Glasper experiments cover of smells like teen spirit. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Is probably the best cover of a song I've ever heard. In Honey, my life. Honeycomb's cover of heart shaped box was gas too. Yeah. Honeycomb really is good. playing with us. Like I said before at the yeah. angel wings release show, Chloe is one of my favorite musicians in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I like Jonah too. Cause I always love seeing a bassist that I've never seen before. I mean like that guy's heat. Mm -hmm. like, he's like super good. And then Kevin too. They're, uh, Drummer is right. great. I knew Bryce from Buffalo Rose. So yeah, like whenever right. I saw him up there, I was like, this is going to be good because I saw Bryce <laughs> and Chloe and then the whole yeah. thing happened. And Honeycomb's first show as Honeycomb was the Kiwano Sour Pokey Funk Daydream release That's show. That's true. And that night we did uh, the Moat Rats play with us also. Dylan and Justin from Kiwano playing the Moat Rats. Yeah. And the way, the way that we are able to split, like I'm in back alley sound, Rob's in back alley sound, Justin and Dylan are in the Moat Rats, and then we have Kiwano. It's like everyone just like, you know, if the Moat Rats have a show, Kiwano doesn't have a show, so go to the Moat Rat show. If yeah. Kiwano has a show, mm -hmm. they come to our stuff. You know what I mean? Like as long as you support each other, there will be time. Yeah. You know? Where if it's like, you know, if both bands are recording an album at the same time, and we have recording, and then we have practice, when we have practice, most likely the Moats people would be going to Moats right. like right. recording, and that's fine. I don't care. It's, good. it's fine. Like, I don't really, like people get all butthurt about that kind of thing. Yeah. Where and like I love it. Like you know I'm playing a back alley sound show. Like I'm playing it under the bridge and like like you know you're playing. And then you see Jeff like who you just played with earlier in the day in Kiwano, like right in the front row, like absolutely getting it during like your other band show. And that's really important if you're gonna play in multiple projects. Just like get over it and support each other. 
fine. Well, that's the big thing. I think we everybody believes in each other's music, at least with the people right. that we like interact with. So it's like, it's we were actually talking with um, I can't remember. Is it Stefan or Stefan, the guy from uh, the um, Strange Standard? Is that his name? Oh, the vocalist. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I forget. We were talking about was the band band we played with from Buffalo, and he Playing was with just, them again on uh, yeah. November second up in Buffalo. Yeah, and um, that'll be in Buffalo this time. He they were touring here, but I, I was talking with him a little bit, and he was just talking about how cutthroat like the Buffalo local scene was, and it was just like if it's like if it's not you know if it's not you or like you know if it can't be me, then I'm taking you down with me kind of thing. Sure. And like a lot of like cutthroat nature and like, I have not how it is here. I have not experienced and that there might be aspects of that in Pittsburgh, but I have not, not that experienced that yet at all. It has been like a really, really pleasant experience. Like people supporting each other and like, you know, just really believing in each other and, and, uh, and kind of spreading that, that wealth around. It doesn't have to be like that at all. I think that it could be, and there's probably people that are like that, but I don't know. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of another city, but when it comes to Pittsburgh, it's not that fucking hard to hit up a venue, book a date and find three or four friends that you're, you know, have bands and book a show and do your own fucking thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if people don't want to, if people want to be cutthroat, like there's too many fucking bands for it to be like that here. It's impossible. And also, I mean, like if you came out and you were like being a dick and everyone would be like, hey guy, yeah, what are you doing? Like no one's going to listen to or support you if you're yeah. going to be that way. So, right. which is a great, I mean, Pittsburgh has got a great thing going on. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's always been this way. Like according to like some of the people that I've talked to. I don't know. Everybody's, everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has different experiences. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I just feel like if everybody has different experiences, but I feel like there is less of like sects of like, uh, like you factions. Know, yeah, factions of Pittsburgh music and stuff. Because like there still are, but like like the Zells, you know them? Yeah. Like Roman, they were just on the show recently. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, Roman Roman went to Pitt and like uh, you know, I've seen them play multiple times and like Pinstripe Sunny, that's like another band that doesn't sound like Kiwano whatsoever that I've seen a bunch of times and like short fictions and like there's like there is like that like alternative rock crew, and then there's like the metal people, and then there's like the pop punk people, and like the funk soul R and B jazz people, and then the hip hop people. But they all kind of know each other, and like the best of each of those sections, I still think are really good, and I'll go to their show. Yeah, that makes me more mad than when people get mad that someone didn't, didn't come to their show. <laughs> it's like, come on, yeah, just relax, it's fine. You have you have more shows. The, the only memes that I'm in favor of are the uh, the sorry I didn't come to your show page on Facebook. Yeah. Or- <laughs> It's just like, uh, <laughs> it's like my, my friend telling me that he couldn't come to my show before I told him I had a show, like, <laughs> like that sort of shit. But no, but there's a lot of cross pollination in, in Pittsburgh, which I think is cool. And it like, um, you know, it, it, it like, it shows that it's one of the cool things about being like a, a like a big, small town. You know yeah. I mean? We're actually going to do, I think, I think it's cool for me to say, cause it's already scheduled and everything. We're going to do a show with, uh, or not a show, a, a live session with, uh, Spencer on drums and Chris on keys from Kiwano, the Kiwano horn section, and then Chloe from honeycomb and Jonah from honeycomb on bass, uh, and Jeff singing. we're going to do like a, a live session all together from our practice space and like cool. stuff like that stuff that like could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave everybody on one thing I've talked cause we got to wrap up. We're a little bit over. I have, uh, I figured that got yeah, some things I, I got to do. <laughs> it's all good. It's all super solid. Hold on real quick. Let me do something. I got to restart the video real quick just because we're, that was almost about to, uh, stop recording, but I fixed it. So one thing I'm going to leave everybody on, if you want to see a really cool, 
uh, cross pollination of bands playing songs together. Um, I, I've given this band a lot of shit and a lot of praise simultaneously. Twenty One Pilots mm. have a really cool live session on YouTube where they it's twenty it's the two dudes from Twenty One Pilots and all of Mute Math. Oh wow! I don't know who that is, but Mute Math is a really sick band that you would probably fuck yeah, with heavy. You would fuck with them um, pretty heavy. Yeah, I dig it. So they did a thing where basically. They uh, mute math and Twenty One Pilots play like four or five Twenty One Pilot songs, but all live instruments. Yeah, and oh, I'm that's like, sick. and I'm like, if this band sounded like this all the time, I would fuck with them so heavy. <laughs> but it, it says a lot about like the core tunes of what Twenty One Pilots is doing, like the rhythm, chord, and melody of their songs yeah. are all yeah. really solid. All the tone and they're like just, all that. They're just like they're just kind of presented in this way that's just right. You know, just like this it's pop like a weird sheen package. That's, I feel yeah, like they like kind of. I feel like they might have like come out with something and then like everything like took off, but then that's you now. But yeah, yeah. if you get a chance, dude, that 21 Pilots Mute Math sec- session is fucking awesome. Highly recommended. Two live drummers like playing simultaneously, nice. different beats off each shit, other, man. dude. I love it's that. fucking so sick, especially since uh Darren King, the drummer from Mute Math, who's not in Mute Math anymore. That dude's a fucking animal. Mm. He's so fucking sick. But uh definitely check that out. And with uh anything else. Without further ado, I want to thank you both for being here. We could probably easily for talk for a few me. more hours. I'm sure <laughs> this will not be the last time that you two are sitting in these chairs or some other chairs in front of a camera that I own <laughs> talking about other things. I wish you for all sure. the best of luck with everything. One more time, let the people know when that show is and where they can find Kawano Sour. All right. So first of all, just check out Kawano Sour on Instagram and Facebook is probably our main things. We also have an EP Boogie Funk Daydream on Spotify. We got a show on November 22nd is the release for our new single Angel Wings. Um, we'll be playing with Natalie Brooke and Honeycomb. Um, so come check it out. And it's at Cativo. T- it's at Cativo. Thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, that's a very important information. And, uh, you know, stay tuned to the social media in the meantime to stay tuned with the uh, live sessions and other stuff we're putting out. And keep listening to music all the time, all day. I fucks with that. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Sam, Jeff, Kawano Sour. Check them out. I'll be back again in a few days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. The year of our Lord. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Let's get that slow fade. And we are done, my friends. Nice. Cool. Peace the fuck out. That was fun. That was a lot of fun.